James T. Green says the way we categorize audio storytelling is getting in our way. The words we choose limit our creativity and our thinking. The thing that I'm like really craving more is just like a little bit more intention with categorization to like allow for us to like talk about audio a bit more distinctly and technically. Instead of just describing stories using chat cast or NPR style or narrative or scripted fiction or interview, why not borrow terms from other fields like art? Dada, for instance. Deliberately pushing against tradition for the sake of like stretching the boundaries. It's all a little heady, perhaps. So more concretely, what does this sound like? James has examples. This is the Sound School podcast with the backstory to great audio storytelling. It's from PRX and Transom. I'm Rob Rosenthal. I produce and host the show. Before I dive in with James, I want to put something in your mind, a clip from a story. I won't tell you what it is just yet. Just think of it as an audio suggestion. You don't know what it means to be black because you don't know what it means to be one thing. Who is when you know you're a brother and a son, a lover and a friend? Sometimes you say you're Ivorian and other times you say je suis Ivoirien, which means you feel more French than British until you go to France where your French isn't French enough. When you come back, you feel more British than Ivorian until you're offered tea or learn something about this country that puts you on the outside again. So you work and save enough to buy a ticket to fly back to where you were born. But even there, you're different. Your hair, your clothes and mannerisms betray any sense of you being a native. And as a result, you become a standard of both admiration and envy to loved ones and strangers alike. Your French may be Ivoirien enough, but what about your Bété, Jula, Aini? <laughs> Mother tongues you never needed to learn in order to survive because you were over there. But what about here? Would you be able to make it? Just like that, after all the questioning, the doubts and endless soul-searching, you accidentally find yourself on the outside again. But this time it's okay, because you weren't pushed. You're on the beach at the edge of the world, and it's warm here, as well as kind. You have the time space and the sea to remind you of who you are before the world told you you were black 
That's lovely, right? The writing, the sound design, the voicing, just lovely. James didn't produce that story, I should say, but he referenced it when he took to Twitter not too long ago with his lament about the lexicon of storytelling, our storytelling adjectives, to put it another way. His post was several tweets long. James started by saying this, Audiences are getting tired of hyper-realistic portraits. In audio storytelling, of course. Um, what exactly is your beef? Yeah. <laughs> so I, th I think what my beef is, is that like, I feel that things are being hyper-chewed and then like kind of fed like a baby bird where it's like, here, here's this thing that I'm going to teach you. And then I'm going to chew, I'm going to chew it all up and I'm going to serve it to you in this very digestible way with you having no questions or no ability to kind of fill in the gaps in your own. And it's firmly polished and hyper prepared for like the most optimal way of digestion. That's what I have the beef with. Why does it have to be that way, he wonders. Why can't stories be more cubist, for instance? And describe it that way. Actually, use the word cubist in the description of a story. In fact, he says if you start from that place, from an idea, a concept, it can lead to interesting production choices. And if you label the work as cubist, listeners will have a framework to interpret the story. For example, if, like, if I look at like a cubist work, I know there is probably a reference point that this object is going towards. So I can look for the clues to be like, okay, that's the eye, that's the face. Okay, the face is probably here. I can know to look at it as a portrait that just happens to look differently. So if you go into audio with the same sort of thing, like, okay, I'm making this sort of like, I don't know, cubist-based audio, I, I can then play with story structure to then maybe put things in different orders and know that like the listener can kind of put, put the pieces together, um, knowing it's within that framework. James has a background that might explain why he gravitates toward this way of thinking. He graduated in 2011 from the University of St. Francis in Joliet, Illinois, with a degree in art specifically studio art practices like performance art, installation art, studio art. He says those are approaches to art that focus on an idea first and tend to be multidisciplinary. He thought he'd be a designer, but he heard This American Life and Radiolab. They were his gateway drugs into radio and podcasting. He experimented with his own podcasts. He worked at Gimlet for a while. He now has his own production company, Molten Heart. It's focused on storytelling that's weirder. What I mean by that is um, maybe timelines are a little obscured. Maybe there's some sonic techniques that maybe aren't as typical. Maybe it's much more music first. Maybe it kind of takes a lot of artistic liberties for certain projects. In 2018, I was sent home from the hospital with a box. The packaging was reminiscent of a new tech gadget, a toy for a 30-year-old. Here's a sample of James's work, a PC produced called PMHX. I joked to friends that I was getting an upgrade, hard OS. I plug it in and it begins its search, pinging around the room looking for its hardware tether. It connects to a tiny rod implanted near my heart. From there, I'm permanently chained to Brooklyn's 3G network, with the sole purpose of transmitting the rhythms of my heart to a cardiologist miles away. 
Every morning I wake up and leave the bed, but still sense the tether throughout the house. I prepare my body for a day of screen-based interactions, a three-step process for my face. Heat the skin and remove the dirt, smooth the skin with acids, apply a vitamin solution to protect the skin. The steps mimic the making of a computer chip. Silicon begins from silica sand. Heat the silica and remove the oxygen. Smooth the silicon with acids. Apply an oxide layer to protect patterns built in the chip's design. Thanks to my heart implant, I've achieved a state that is passively tossed around group chats and slack threads. I'm going offline for the day. My body just force quit. I don't have the bandwidth. The default state of my external display is a blackened mirror, useless until a more capable device plugs into it. A dumb terminal waiting for input. James told me the adjective to use for this story and much of his work is surrealism. That's because he has a strong interest in the subconscious and slippery narratives that loop onto themselves. And speaking of words for the lexicon of storytelling, he offered a few in his tweets. He asked, what is art house audio? What is brutalist audio? What is neo-romantic? When I think of neo-romantic audio, I think about like how there is some sort of relationship between surrealism in there, but it feels like slightly Baroque in a way. And I think a lot of like collage-based um, radio makers. So, you know, if you think about like Olivia Bradley's skill, like things that show like a very intense technical expertise while at the same time like kind of like all being within like a single subject music to wash dishes by this is of course a metaphor by olivia bradley skill This is of course a metaphor. Metaphor. This is of course a metaphor. This is a metaphor. relief on the terrible heat. Working under the blazing sun. Blazing Seeking relief in the terrible heat. Cleaning or preparing food or grinding meat or texting on their phones. Yesterday was hot. Blazing sun. This is of course a metaphor. Yesterday was hot. Yesterday was the birthplace of today. Cleaning or preparing food or grinding meat. This is, of course, a metaphor. That's simple common sense. So what is it that attracts you to this piece? The use of sampling and collage and repetition, particularly. So I'm really heavily, like, inspired by, like, the musical art of sampling and taking references from one place and then using that as like a new source material. Left unattended for far too long. And yesterday was the birthplace of today. I enjoyed the firm setting of scene, um, you know, just hearing like the eggs cracking on the stove and um, hearing the, the gas oven particularly just gave me like a nice visual space. And then speaking of space, I just appreciated so much space that was given in the piece. Like, I think a thing with, like, a lot of what I just keep referring to as, like, traditional narrative work is that it feels very one-track. And I think what, what I mean by that is that, like, 
there is only really one interpretation of the work, and that's the interpretation that the host is di- directing you in. And what's beautiful about Olivia's work is that it is so open-ended and it allows for whatever the listener is bringing to the work and allowing space for them to then insert their own imagination in allows for like a work, I think, to sit with someone a bit more. Seeking relief from the terrible heat. That was music to wash dishes by. This is, of course, a metaphor. That whole thing is the title. It was produced by Olivia Bradley Skill. Olivia made this piece for WFMU, where she has a weekly radio show called Radio Ravioli. And, and why don't we define some of your other terms here? What would art house audio be, do you think? I would say art house audio leans a lot in poetry, leans a lot in sort of like atmospherics. If it was a film, there would be soft focus. There would be a lot of pinks and and oranges and maroons. A lot of whispering, vocal modulation, a lot of overlayering of of various vocals on top of on top of ones. Like like it reminds me a lot of like chamber pop in a way. Like work that sort of straddles the line between lyrical poetry and straight story. Um, so I, I think of Ariana Martinez's work. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. You used to tell me there is a perfect love that never gets tangled, that never gets wrong, that is always right, that is timeless. The face that I dearly wanted to see only passing by. How do I access your archive? How do I access your archive? My name is Tay Wang, and I'm an artist um, based in Queens, New York. And my preferred pronoun is they, them. I'm the eldest of family of six, so my parents and my three younger siblings. When I was a child, the apartment that we lived was actually owned by my grandfather. It's like sometimes when I dream, like I remember that specific apartment complex, 
and playground and like other bits of that neighborhood. And out of all of my grandfather's grandchildren, I'm the only one who actually has memory of him. What, what rests, rests inside, inside you? This is an excerpt from Perfect Love, a piece by Ariana Martinez produced for the BBC program Between the Essays back in 2020. It recounts the story of Tehi Wang's quest to connect with her grandfather after he died. There was another word James used in his tweet, brutalist. I immediately thought of music, something blunt, something heavy concrete with a chainsaw. You know, bands like Leibach or Ministry or Faust, which is a German band that literally took a chainsaw to cement during a performance. But James wasn't thinking sonically. By brutalist, he meant packs a lyrical punch. Heavily distorted, blunt poetry, like slam poetics. I think some degree of of Axel Cocotier's work is is a form of brutalism. In fact, you have never been any of the things you mysteriously felt obliged to be because you realize it's never been about you. You are black because you need to be. Because they need you to be. In order to stay white. Fourteen world powers are discussing the future of the entire continent and how to carve it up. European powers have been setting up colonies in Africa for decades. Now they decided... You listen to their work and you feel like his words are being delivered with concrete um, and sharp corners. Um, it's, it's, it's minimal, but at the same time, you feel kind of the bare bones of like the structure. There is peace and pain, misery and joy. There are happy longings and fantastic terrors that keep you alive. There is art and childhood memories, little victories and bigger failures, but all the more reason to be proud. You have felt deep and imperfect things, but you've also known love in some of its faces and all of its names. But knowing this won't save you from discrimination and prejudice. It won't stop the suspicious stares or awkward followings in spaces you know you belong. Knowing this won't stop the clutched purses or the road crossings away or towards you with the want to hurt or more. But it gives a context to the courage, a reason for the patience and the power to being human before you were black. That brutalist piece, as James describes it, won a gold for Best Documentary from the Third Coast Festival in 2020. It's called How to Remember. Axel Cocoutier produced it for shortcuts from the BBC. So is James on to something? What words and adjectives would you add to the lexicon? Or is any word just another box? Post your thoughts at transom.org, or you can tweet me at SoundSchoolPod. If 
you'd like to dig deeper into his thinking, James wrote a manifesto for Transom called Notes on Muxture. It's a word he invented. It combines mux, an abbreviation for music and a script, and structure, muxture. He says muxture is the body language of a story. Interesting. Find it at Transom. While I'm at it, we listen to a piece from Ariana Martinez in this episode. Well, they've also written a manifesto for Transom, which said the demand for stories to be constantly, maximally engaging, full of surprises, twists, turns, etc., ensures that certain kinds of stories don't get made. Ariana advocates for slowness in storytelling. Find that and more at transom.org. This is the Sound School podcast from PRX and Transom. Genevieve Sponsler at PRX and Jay Allison at Transom have words for my scripts, but this is a family show and I'm not going to repeat them here. Thanks to WCAI in Woods Hole, Massachusetts. They graciously allow me to record my narration in their studios. I'm Rob Rosenthal. Thanks for listening. and transom.org.